even in the Bible what it say. It don't say no weapons ain't going to form. You going to prosper. They're going to be formed. They're going to come against you. You will take a hit. You will get burned. You will get the scars. You will fall down. You will bump your head. You will get punched in the face. But if you stay in the game, they will not prosper. When you confront the fact that it's an option, it helps you move differently. But when you say losing is not an option, then you're being unrealistic with yourself. And anytime you're not being real with yourself, you put yourself in a situation where you could get blindsided by life. What's good? What's good? What's good? What's good? Ha ha ha! Welcome to another episode of Trapping Tuesday. Man, we are on episode 42, y'all. That's right, man. We've been in the trenches with y'all for 42 weeks in a row. That's consistency, that's commitment, and that's dedication and making sure you get the information, man. Right quick, man, before we get into it, man, I want you to like, subscribe, and share this with somebody because tonight is truly going to be an amazing episode. We got so much to talk about. Make sure you got your pen and your pads. Because listen, I just want to talk tonight, man. Let me see y'all in the chat right quick. Let me see you in the chat right quick, man. Where y'all at, man? I see you, Melody. I see you, Mastermind. I see you, Natasha. Chopper 504. Gloria. I see you in the building. Tori, I see you in the building. Let's go, man. Tonight is going to be one of them nights, man. Let's go, man. Let's go, man. Let's go, man. One more time. Tootie, man, start us off with a beat right quick, Tootie. Just start us off with a beat right quick, Tootie. I'm feeling like, I'm feeling like I, we need you today. I'm feeling like you gotta be the, I feel like we gonna go through something today and like you gotta take us through it. Oh, I like that one. I like that one. Oh, he been cooking, y'all. Like this episode 42. Like we gonna, we gonna confront some things tonight. Tonight's episode is confronting poverty. We talking about confronting behaviors that aren't beneficial to us. We talk about confronting mindsets that don't help us move the needle. A lot of times we don't want to confront situations because of the emotional trauma that we have to face. Avoidance. Avoidance can be counterproductive to where we truly want to go. There's an experience of the lower and middle class that can be truly triggering when we are exposed to new income producing classes. All right, let's let's say that again because I think it I think it kind of went I think it kind of went over our heads for a minute. I don't think we kind of grasped the concept of what I just said. There's an experience that the lower middle class and working class 
will go through that triggers them. Once they get exposed to the possibility of a new income class. Okay, let's paint that picture a little bit more. Let's, let's paint it out. Certain things and certain experiences in your life you will normalize. So you may, you may normalize at a certain stage of your life, you may normalize getting commodity. You may not see nothing wrong with it because everybody around you gets commodity. Everybody, mama, when we see each other at the commodity office or your auntie, when we see each other at the commodity office, it's like a family reunion. <laughs> I know some of y'all ain't never experienced that. But you may have experienced the idea of wearing a certain shoe for long periods of time. You may understand what it's like to have a pair of shoes with a hole in the bottom. And you fold your sock. So you gotta fold your sock, right? Or you may gotta put something in the bottom of the shoe so the hole don't keep putting the hole in the sock. But even though you want better, you understand that every pair of shoes you have gotta go through that. Okay, maybe you haven't been through that. Well, maybe there's an idea of you got the, the school pants or the scoop that got the hole in it and you got to patch it. And at some point during the course of the year, you got two patches on one knee. Okay. 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 Or maybe you started the school year off without a new pair of shoes. Or maybe you walked in the house and when your mother, your father got the bills, you already understand, oh, bills came, let me go in my room. But what happens is you normalize those, those situations. You normalize them. You think, is it's everybody going through this? But then when you get introduced to the possibilities of a new income class, like I remember when, before my grandmother passed, we went from living like in the eight wall where we heard gunshots and we heard all, and then she moved to the east and then we had a flow model TV. I was like, oh, this is, this, this, this is different. I don't gotta use the vice grips no more. I don't gotta, I don't gotta put the furl on the back of the TV no more. I don't gotta tell my partner, bro, hold the antenna till we get it right. I don't gotta do that no more because when we moved from the eight wall to the east, we went to flow model. I was like, oh, this is good. And then we went from floor model to the big screen. Like the big screen where you rub your hand on and you can still feel the ridges in the screen. We talking about once you get exposed to the possibilities of a new income producing class, you start to realize that what I've been through is a trigger. Okay? Now that we painted the picture, now that we understand what I'm talking about, let's dig deep. Once you realize the inadequacies and how they have dictated where you are, it is now necessary to confront the poverty. Now, some of y'all gonna be like, Trap, I ain't never been through poverty. Here's what I want you to understand, there is no gray area. There is no gray area. Poor people live check to check. Rich people live year to year. Wealthy people live generation to generation. 
nowhere in there did they say there was a middle class. <laughs> Word usage. See, some of us get to this so-called middle class and we think, oh, we made it. We good. We good. But you still one check away. Middle class. Working class. Mama missed two checks. Yo, it's, it's food stamps. Okay, well, what about, what about those of us who understood when mama could only work a couple hours because she didn't want the welfare to get cut off? Mm. I remember my grandmother, she was so cold-blooded. Like, she used to do this thing where she used to just pass out in the, in the welfare line. Like, if they would try to deny her because she made too much money, she would pass out. And I'm sitting there like, a, I'm like an eight-year-old. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? I'm embarrassed. Like, I'm embarrassed. What are you passing out for? But some, for some reason, it worked every time. She was like, yo, I got health issues. Okay, so let me ask you a question. How many of us have witnessed our parents do some unthinkable things or our guardians? Because a lot of us were raised by grandma. A lot of us was raised by auntie. A lot of us was raised by what? So we've, we've watched our parents do some stuff. You're like, wait, what the hell is that? And then you saw it happen so much. Oh, you're like, oh, she about... Because I got to a point where I was like, oh, she about to pass out right here. Or they denied her, bet she about to pass out. And it's cool though, everybody ain't gonna understand that struggle, but listen, I'm universal. You ain't gotta understand. But there, there are those who will. There are those who will. So for me, I wanna touch everybody, but what happens is this. You may not understand, yours may not be that severe, but what you may understand is the check the check. You may understand that part of it. Right? You may understand the frustrations that mama had when she got bills up. Daddy worked so many hours, but yet we still didn't move ahead. So we gotta, we gotta confront that. Because if we don't confront that, how can we truly move forward? There can be no gray area. Without no confrontation, there can be a perpetual blindness. You can't avoid that. But avoidance indicates a fear. A fear at its core hinders our growth. Let's, let's back up. Let's back up. Let's back up. Let's back up. Avoidance indicates to us that there is a fear somewhere. The fear, okay, let's stop right there. The fear at its core hinders our growth. Try it. Why does the fear hinder my growth? Because everything on the other side of fear is potential and possibility. And if we keep on letting the fear hinder us, we can never go into the abundance. When we listen to the Bible, the Bible always talks about a dry place, a desert, or a wilderness. That is a place that lacks abundance. That is a place that lacks possibility, right? So when the Bible or the good book talks about abundance, it talks about what? Land. It talks about fertile land. Overflow. 
But we can only get there if we go through the fear. Question. What does the growth represent? The growth then represents the possibilities. The possibilities, watch this y'all, watch this, watch this. The possibilities activate the excitement and the excitement gives you an advantage. The advantage that you have in life now makes life worth living. There's people walking around through life with no excitement because they're being held captive by the fear. Mm, Jose, they not listening. They don't even understand like what we talking about in this beginning monologue. We talk about confronting poverty, but the poverty looks different to everyone. But watch this, to the wealthy, to the rich, to the ultra wealthy, middle class and all of that is poverty. It all looks the same, it's just in a new dress. So while you think you on, while you think you winning, you're like, oh, them, him, huh? See, we've become great at dressing up poverty. We've become great at disguising our fears, disguising our deficiencies, disguising our insecurities with things, materialism. Because if we go back to like episode 35, we talk about what? Delayed gratification. If we don't never get into that, if we don't never touch that, that's a critical component to building wealth. Let's go back. So many people go through life with zero excitement because there's nothing to look forward to. And there's nothing to look forward to because you fear the confrontation. Episode 42 is about confronting, standing in it, standing in the fears. The reason why we are scared to confront is because at some part of our life, we felt inadequate. We felt we weren't equipped. Watch this. I'm feeling it. The function of your past experiences has taken ownership of your present and frequently causes conflict and carnage with your prosperity. <laughs> Okay, let's say it again. Let's say it again. The functions of your past. They have taken ownership of your present. The function of trap. The functions of my past have taken ownership of my present. Yes. Because you use the word triggered. This triggers me. That triggers me. 
And when it triggers you, what do you do? Avoid it. Walk away. But what we fail to realize is inside of the trigger, there's healing. Inside of the trigger, there's restoration. There's renewal. But we can never get that because every time we meet the trigger, we turn around. Mm, I don't want it. I don't want nothing to do with it. I'm not, I don't got time for that. I don't have the capacity for that. We run from the trigger so we avoid the healing. When we avoid the healing, we avoid what it takes to be prosperous. Now, you can use that for whatever you want, but right now, we just talking about building wealth. <laughs> we just talking about building wealth right here. For Christmas, you spend money you don't have. Black Friday, you spend money you don't have. Tonight, we're going to talk about how credit card debt has increased over the last 18 months. That means a lot of people spending money that they don't have. The triggers of confronting poverty. It just comes in different phases. It just comes in different looks. It comes in different scenarios. But if you don't get to the heart of why you spend money the way you do, if you don't look at yourself in the face and say, yo, I got bad spending habits. Yo, I'm scared of reaching a certain amount of money. Yo, the reason why my money isn't where I want to go is because my actions don't coincide with my thought process. My actions don't align with my vision for my life. Monetarily, I am dysfunctional. Yo, if we don't tap into the triggers, if we don't confront, if we don't confront the trauma, if we don't confront the pain, if we don't confront the, 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 the same mistakes we keep making, how can we truly move forward? Okay. This is on my heart. I came from LA. I had a four-hour flight, and I was just thinking, like, I text Jose. I said, Jose, I got it. Episode 42, confronting poverty. He ain't say why. He ain't. But in my mind on the plane, I'm thinking to myself, damn, why? I'm sitting floor courtside at the Lakers game, right? I'm enjoying the experience. I'm feeling it. I'm like, damn, this, this feels good. I like this. I need to do this more often. And I'm realizing that most people won't experience little things in life because you keep making the same mistakes financially. You keep going on the vacation that you can't afford. You keep buying the shoes. You keep buying the bags. You keep just spending money that you don't really got to spend in the moment. And because you don't have the money that you, you don't really have it like that, you keep using it as a way to mm, get a reprieve from the insufficiencies. And because we aren't willing to delay the gratification We'll never truly live the life we want to live and we'll never truly live the life we want to live because we're never confronting the reason why we are where we are in the first place. And if we never do that, then building wealth is truly just an illusion. 
And if building wealth is truly just an illusion, then we must come with the reality that we are truly lying to ourselves. And the bad thing about lying to ourselves is we can tell ourselves a lie long enough to at some point we start to believe it. And when we start to believe the lie, we then point the finger at everybody else. It's the government fault. It's my mama fault. It's my daddy fault. It's my job fault. It's Joe Biden fault. It's Donald Trump fault. It's everybody fault but you fault. Because the lie has now been anchored. What's good, family? It's your boy, The Wall Street Traveler, man. Episode 42 is on the way. Tootie, turn up a little bit. Ooh. Hey, man, look. Meet me, Chapman Tuesdays. Meet me on YouTube right now. Chapman Tuesdays, episode 42. When you get to the live, say, we here, Trap, and I'm going to shout y'all out. Man, I love y'all. Let's go, man. Let's go. Let's go. Turn up, Tootie. Yeah. Hey man, you not gonna catch this vibe nowhere else. This is the open show on the block. Trapping Tuesdays, man. I love it. Let me know how y'all feel in the chat right quick. I know we 30 minutes and I don't care. Jose, we got 1,600 people in the chat. I like it. Break it down. Break it down. Ooh, I like it. Hey, me and Tootie vibing right now. We on this right right now. I don't know, y'all. I guess it was on my heart this night, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. Man, welcome to another episode of Trapping Tuesdays, man. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all, man. Listen, I see all my trappers in the building, man. Let's get the likes up. Uh, share this out to as many people as you can. Um, let's go, man. So, y'all know how we start off, man, each and every week. Let's go, man. Yo, we 42 weeks in right now. I'm not going to lie. Y'all should have this damn near memorized. Damn near memorized. Just, just close enough. Let's go, man. And listen, when we say the trapper mantra, if you share it in your stories after the show over, I'm going to share it with you, too. I'm going to share it, too. Ah, ah, ah. Let's go, man. I am a certified Wall Street trapper. I'm confident in my ability to make great investments. The stock market is a machine that prints money, and I am more than capable of operating that machine. Not only will I free myself, but my family will eat for a lifetime based off the information I apply today. I'm a money maker and a wealth builder. Today, I break the chains that anchor me to the poverty mindset. My ancestors will smile now because I have turned our last name to an asset. Y'all know that's my favorite part. Say that again. My ancestors will smile now. My ancestors will smile now because I have turned our last name into an asset. My family's purchasing power will increase indefinitely. Today, I make the declaration that no longer will I be a slave to money. No longer will the generations behind me inherit lack. Let me say that again. 
No longer will the generations behind me inherit lack. I would no longer submit my time, selling my time for money. I am a first-generation millionaire. I am the architect of my family's legacy. I am a certified Wall Street trapper, and Wall Street looks like us now. Let's go, y'all. Let's go with it, baby. Let's go with it, baby. Let's go with it. Don't play with it. Don't play with it. Don't play with it. Don't play with it. I love that picture of me right there, man. That's a crazy picture right there, man. Crazy picture. All right, man, let's tap into it, man. So we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to be here. We're going to talk about it. It's not going to be a three-hour show. I don't care what Jose say about watch time. No, Shatora. It will not. All right, man, word on the street. Let's go. Let's get it started, man. Let's get it started, man. So listen, man, everything is down today. Everything is down today. Now, here's my, here's my idea about that. I'm not scared that everything was down today, which y'all know I don't get scared about too much of nothing. But when I looked at the fear and greed index, when I looked at the put-call ratio, I realized that the market still was in greed. So I had to ask myself, what is it that made the market red today. So I think that it's a little bit of uncertainty because money is leaving out of the banks. It's a little uncertainty. And it's not even about the Fed increasing rates by a quarter of a percent because the market already has that priced in. So we're going to go through some things that truly paint a picture to us. So the S&P was down today, the NASDAQ down today, and the Dow down today. Let's go a little further, let's go a little further, let's go a little further. So let's check out the heat check. So y'all know I love the heat check because it gives us an idea of the calls and the puts. Now remember what we said, right? Like if there's more calls than puts, we can understand why the market is doing what it's doing. If there's more puts than calls, we can understand why the market is doing what it's doing. We can understand that. But watch this. We had 2.8 million. So 2,897,247 calls. And then we had 2,686,139 puts. Now, if we're looking at it, we realize that there's not many more calls than puts. But yet, the market was still red. Put call ratio was at 0.93%. So we know that 0.93% doesn't give us an actual what? Doesn't give us a bear. Doesn't give us a bear. You know, anything over 1% is what? Real fearful. So I was asking myself today, like, man, like, what was going on? Let's go a little further. Let's go a little further. So, again, we look at the fear and greed index. We see it's at 63. The market wasn't fearful. It was in mild greed. I'm not going to lie. It kind of threw me off for a second. 
because I thought the market would be extremely, I'm seeing the market rate, I was on a flight, I'm thinking the market would be extremely fearful, but it wasn't. The market was in mild greed. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting. So let's go a little further. So then we look at the heat map. So as we look at the heat map, we see Microsoft down, Apple down 1% today, NVIDIA down 2% today. Uh, Texas Instruments down. We see Home Depot did a little good. Amazon, Boeing did a little good. They just got a new contract in today. That was big, right? Man, Salesforce been on a rampage, y'all. Salesforce been on a little rampage, and and that's kind of, that kind of threw me off today. But then we see Visa, we see MasterCard, we see American Express, we see PayPal. We got to have a talk about PayPal today, y'all. We got to have a talk about PayPal today, y'all. Let's go a little further, let's go a little further. All right, as we look at the recession portfolio, let's go into it, Dave. All right, so you see, we lost $700 today, uh, but we didn't lose it. Uh, we see Costco just doing what Costco do. We see uh, Crocs, we made $44 today. We wound up being down on that. We see Eli Lilly lost us a little money today. Not lost it, but you know, we lost a little equity in there today. NVIDIA got $800 and $870 on me today. Well, overall, not bad. The market is up 7%. We up 13%, almost 14%. We're not mad at that. Uh, if, you are, if you are in the triple beam team, last week we got out of, y'all know we got out of some positions last week. Um, we got out, I'm so glad we got out of the XLE because that thing just plummeted. That thing plummeted. So I'm glad we got out of XLE. We also got out of, we took the money off Apple. We wasn't mad at that. We took the money off NVIDIA. We wasn't mad at that. Uh, but we ain't do no option plays. So, we are clean on our option plays inside the masses of the triple beam, um, but we got some plays to be made. That means we got plays to be made. And if we got plays to be made, guess what that means? We got to make them. So if you're in the masses of the triple beam, um, you know we got option plays to make. When I make them, you get it. If you want to come join it, that's cool. If you're in a triple beam team, you get the option plays as well. If you're in uh, any of the other things, you know we go to the lottery pick. You get that play, you get price points. So definitely, if you want to come join the Patreon, come holler at us, man. Jose put the Patreon in the group. Also, May 23rd, live event. We got 50, no, we got 40 seats left. It's $97. It's in here. You come to the studio. You rock out with us. Come join us, man. Y'all love it. Let's go a little further, man. All right, so. Here's what I saw. The strength in the market is because, watch this, y'all, the earnings aren't saying deep recession. The earnings aren't saying deep recession. So right now, 77% 77% of the companies that have reported have beat earnings. 
77% of the companies that have reported have beat earnings. And they've beat earnings by 7.2%. Now, here's the crazy part. On average, companies are only beating earnings by 47 to 5.2%. So right now, as of Q1, companies are beating earnings at a higher rate and by more expectancies. It's making me think, where's the money coming from? Where's the money coming from? All right, let's go a little further. Let's go a little further. Let's go a little further. All right, watch this. So for the Q2 outlook, watch this. Negative pronouncements, we had 35 companies that said, you know what? Here's what we got going on. Positive, we had 27. Just giving guidance on what they see moving forward, which gave us a rate of 1.3. The average ratio is 2.5. What I mean by that is we had so many companies say, yo, this is what we think moving forward. Q2, Q3, Q4. This is the companies that say, yo, we're going to be positive. Q3, Q4. That ain't scaring the market. That ain't scaring the market. So it's telling me that the market is baking in certain situations. Now, here's what we got to ask ourselves. Here's one thing that I know is and I want us to pay attention to. Watch this. A lot of companies did something. They lowered their guidance. So even though companies are beating, they lowered. That was the aha. I said, ah, that's it. The companies are lowering the guidance so they can get the beat. But let's go a little further. Also, what's happening? How are we getting the beat? How are we getting the beat? Mass layoffs. The mass layoffs are adding to Bottom line, why? Because it's people that I don't have to pay. When it's people that I don't have to pay, that money stays at the bottom. Because it stays at the bottom, it's money I ain't got to spend that's taking off the balance sheet. Money that's not taking off the balance sheet allows me to do what? Look more profitable. We're going to dig a little deep. Let's go a little further, Dave. 2023, the trend. So watch this. Q1, it was rising. Q2 and Q3, it looks a little lower. Q4, we're looking at a steady rate of return. So this tells me this. The market isn't scared of the, the debt ceiling. The market isn't scared of that. The reason why the market isn't scared of that because in the 20th century, the market, the government has increased the debt ceiling 90 times. In the last 20 years, they've increased it by 16 times. That ain't scaring the market. They understand that. Right now, both parties are just 
trying to get their way. They're not going to let that go. So, okay, that's not scaring the market. All right? Bank failures. What do they know? Okay, banks are collapsing. But guess what? If push comes to shove, Federal Reserve is going to step in. All right? That's not scaring the market. What is? What is the thing that is keeping the market from running because we are still in a range between 3,800 and 4,200? We talked about that range a couple episodes ago. Why are we still in that range? Something is keeping us here. Something is keeping us here. And it's because I truly don't believe that the market feels comfortable. I don't believe that the market feels comfortable. And where the market doesn't feel comfortable, where the market doesn't see promise, everybody stays in position. We're going to go a little further tonight because we're going to talk about where the money going at. Because I saw where the money going at. I saw where the money going at. I just go a little further, Dave. Watch this. Ernie's on San Recession. Here's an update for 2023. Watch here. The earnings are up 1.53%. Okay, let's talk about this right quick. This is important. Overall, earnings are up 1.53%. Watch this. In a typical recession, earnings are down 10 to 20%. In 08 and 09, Earnings were down 50%. In 08 and 09, earnings were down 50%. On average, it's down 110 to 20%. Right now, earnings are up 1.5%. I smell a whole lot of procaine, y'all. I smell a whole lot of procaine. So here's what I want us to here's what I want understand. Here's what I want us to understand. Y'all know my favorite saying. You don't got to get it right. I just need you to be in position. I need you to be in position because the reason why I like to give y'all these stats is because I don't want to come up here and just be saying, yo, do this, do that, do this. I need to give you a body of work so you can understand. I need to get the, the goal for trapping tools is to help you understand so you can take notes and say, okay, here's what's coming on. Let me go to trap so he can teach me. Let me go to trap so I can understand. The reason why we can't effectively dominate the market is because we don't truly understand what's going on in the market. And we don't understand what's going on in the market. How can we function inside of the chaos? The goal for us is to function inside of the chaos. Because it gets chaotic. The market has motion. A lot of it. And if we don't know, okay, a famous investor once said something that I like. In a bear market, stocks go from who loves them to their rightful owners. J.P. Morgan.
J.P. Morgan. Essentially, he just said, in a bear market, stocks go to their rightful owners. What does that mean? That means in a bear market, when everybody is panicking, when everybody is selling, because the stock go down a dollar, because the stock go down $2, because the stock go down $5, everybody is selling. And so because everybody is selling, the rightful owners will take full advantage of the opportunity. Okay, let's go back to the beginning. The opening monologue said what? Confronting poverty. Confronting poverty means confronting the behaviorisms, confronting the ideologies, confronting the philosophies that keep you in the poverty state of mind, the middle class state of mind, because some of y'all think because y'all got to the middle class, y'all all right. I'm comfortable here. I'm three checks above check to check. Got $5,000 in my savings, I'm good. Got $20,000 in my savings, I'm good. Poverty. It may not be to a full extreme, but in the world we live in right now, how far will $20,000 take you? And in the economy we're in right now, when the average person has now lost $20,000 of their 401k, and withdrew another $30,000 from their 401k for hard times, how far will that money take? How far will it take you? Confronting. Confronting. Listen, if you're more than five checks, Listen, if you ain't a year ahead, you losing. If you was out of work for a year and you ain't had to work, how you, can you do it? So we still thinking minimal. We still thinking minimal. How far can you go without working? How long can you go without working? How long? How long? How many checks can you miss before everything gonna go upside down? How long can we go? That's what I like to talk about. You gotta put yourself in a position, my favorite saying, if you allow them to feed you, you give them permission to starve you. At what point do you take somebody else's spoon out of your mouth? <laughs> At what point? And it's not me talking bad about nobody, nah, but we got to have harsh and real conversations with ourselves, yo. We got to have real conversations with ourselves because there's a, remember what I said, once you get opened up to different income opportunities, possibilities, you start to understand the trauma of your old situation.
Let's go a little further, man. All right. So, I want us to understand the power in taking advantage of where we are right now. I want us to, I want us to understand the power and where we are right now. I want us to understand that. All right, let's go to the next one. Here's what I saw. Here's what I saw. The money is leaving the bank fast. The biggest risk for banks is the consumer movement money out of the banks to buy treasuries. This one's going to get deep. This one's going to get deep. So, Trap, what is the consumer doing? They're taking the money out the bank to do what? Put it into treasuries. Let's go to the next one. Consumers are getting a, they are able right now to get 4% from alternative banking and treasury yields. So that's causing, I told y'all we was going to talk about where the money was going at. Consumers, people who are in banks, they're taking their money out of the banks and they are putting their money in bonds, treasuries, T-bills. Why? They're doing what's called laddering. They're buying T-bills on different years and they're able to get 4%, 4%, 4%, 4% and layer it out because they don't understand how far this is going to go. And what happens is because they're taking their money out of the, the banks and putting it in the treasuries, it is now causing scarcity among the banks. Mm -hmm. I told y'all we're going to talk about it. I told y'all we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Jose, come here. I told y'all we're going to talk about it. Why? Why are they moving money out the banks? Because people are scared. People are scared. Because people are scared, they want to take their money out the bank and put it in somewhere where they can get a return. 4%. 4% is better than what? Nothing. 4% is better than nothing. You feel me? So this is doing more harm to the banks than anything. Now, who's it going to affect? The small banks. The small banks. It's going to affect the small banks more than it affects the big banks. Why? Because we're going to get to a point where four banks will control 90% of all the money. Let's go a little further. Which brings me here. 
PayPal is in agony. Now, there comes a time where you have to, you got, it is what it is. Y'all know I love PayPal. I'm not in love with it, though. I'm not going to sell it. I think this probably be the last time I average down into it. But I ain't buying no more. I'm in a bind, Nate. Some other time. I really need this money, Nate. I'm going to keep it real, y'all. PayPal has great fundamentals. The company has a good balance sheet, good cash flow, good free cash flow. But watch this. They don't have no growth. As I look at the company, I'm asking myself, where do we get growth from? Also, I'm listening to the call. Y'all know, I'm going to keep it 100. I'm listening to the call. I'm listening to the call. They got two problems, three problems. First problem is they need a new CEO by the end of the year. The company has a $74 billion market cap and you don't have a CEO. That's a problem. Second of all, watch this, y'all. Apple... has posed a threat. It posed a threat. And the reason why Apple has posed a threat with PayPal is because of this. Apple has 1.5 billion users. Now on Amazon and everywhere else you go at, there's now the opportunity or the convenience to use what? Apple Pay. This the one I ain't see coming. And when it happened, I said, oh. So I was listening to the earnings. Once I saw Apple as a bank, once I saw Apple pay us, I said, oh, this may be a problem. And I'm going to keep it real. First problem, no CEO. Second problem, now you don't have growth. Third problem, Apple. The more places that Apple puts Apple pay, you don't have, you don't have a response to that. You don't have a response for that. Because it's only right for me as somebody who has an Apple phone to just use Apple Pay. It's only right. And that now poses a problem for Square. That poses a problem for everybody. Because it's just convenient for me to Apple Pay, Apple Pay, Apple Pay. And I don't know if you can fix that problem. So, I, Wall Street Trapper, after this time, I'm going to probably go buy 100 shares because the last time I bought it was at 75. 
I'm going to buy me like 100, 150 shares, and that's it. I'm not buying PayPal no more. I'm going to just hold it. I'm going to just hold it. The company got a good balance sheet. The company got a good finance fundamentals. I'm not going to lie, but it has no growth in this environment. And I'm going to be real with you. I don't even see how they can innovate. They got buy now, pay later. Now, I will say this. I am bullish on the buy now, pay later. I am bullish on that. But I think that's only an additive, but it's not enough to grow the business, if that makes sense. You feel me? Like, I feel like they can grow. It'll be an additive, but it ain't enough to grow the business. Now you need some type of innovation. And I just don't know what you can do because you're not growing users. You're sooner or later, Apple is now going to come to the entrepreneur like, yo, we got something for y'all too. And that was PayPal's thing. Like PayPal focused on the, the small business and the entrepreneur. There's a point where Apple will just step into that realm too. And once they step there, like, I don't know. I don't know. PayPal, I mean, Square has Cash App. I don't even know what Jack, I don't even, that may, but they not, they making some money off that, but they still not profitable yet. The, at least PayPal is profitable. Square is not profitable. They both in trouble, y'all. They, they both in trouble. And I'm going to be real. I don't see, I don't see where, I don't see, I don't see where they can win at. I'm going to just keep it real, y'all. And the crazy part about this is, I told y'all Apple was the bank that sells phones. I told y'all that. But now what happens is, Apple now becomes the biggest fintech company. I'm in a bind, Nate. Some other time. Dang. I really need this money. I don't know, y'all. Now what's going to happen is this. What's going to happen is this. There's going to be some consolidation happening. You're going to have a firm. You're going to have Klarna. But then a lot of the other players in the game, they're going to have to succumb. They're going to have to like, yo, we... Apple going to be like, yo, we got a big pocket. What's up? Consolidation. That space, I still believe in fintech. That space going to just, I'm going to be real, it's going to be dominated by Apple. Because watch this. Apple also going to have what? What Apple got now, too? Buy now, pay later. They just introduced it with Apple Pay. So now we got Apple, the phone company. We got Apple, the software company. We got Apple, the services company. We got Apple, the hardware company. We're going to have Apple, the AI company. We're going to have Apple, the chip company, because they're making their own chips. Now we got Apple, the bank, because they got $1 billion. In one week, the people put $1 billion in deposits in there. Not to mention the people already had $50 billion worth of cash on their deposits just for them. Then they got another $1 billion in people making deposits that they're going to get a full percent. So this is a problem. What is my saying? An Apple stock a day keeps the poverty away. 
as a person who keeps it real true, I can really, I can say PayPal's glory is old. You know the little thing? I think it's over with for him, y'all. I think I had belief in him. I rolled with him. I'm, a, I'm making my last buy. In the morning, I'm going to go to my account. I'm going to go buy enough to average down. And then I'm going to just let it sit. And just whatever it do, it do. It'll never, I don't never see it hitting that 300, which I ain't buy till I bought it at 120. I bring it down at 75. My, my cost base is somewhere probably like $80. I'll buy it again and bring my cost basis down to like $70, and that's a wrap. That's just one of the ones I might just have to sit on. So I'm letting everybody know, man. I'm, that's it, y'all. That's it. All right, man. <laughs> I think I was sad for a minute, y'all. I was like, damn. Like, I thought, like, ah, damn. Shit. Move a little further, man. Let's go a little further today. Here we go. Watch this. In the payment space, Block has a buy rating. Somebody, you know, they're saying PayPal could get to $90. They're saying a firm could get to $17. But watch this. Tighter credit conditions. E-commerce is slowing down. Competition is really coming up. I don't, I don't see it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how. I'm going to be real with y'all. Y'all know I like to keep it 100. From my perspective, I don't see how anybody competes with Apple in this space. I, I don't see how anyone competes with Apple in this space. I think they got it. I think they just now just putting a Cobra clutch on everybody. They just going to squeeze you. They're going to just squeeze you. And they're going to squeeze you out. They're going to squeeze you out. And I think it's going to be they going I'm in a bind, Nate. Some other time. And everybody else going to be like, oh, I'm broke, baby. I ain't got no money. They ain't even going to say the other part. It's just broke. They broke. All right, man. Let's go a little further. <laughs> Let's go a little further, Dave. All right, so this, I'm not going to lie, y'all. This, I'm not going to lie. As a, as a, we good on this one, Joe. We all right. I'm going to come out and say this, bro. Like, we all right, Joe. You ain't got to fight for us on this one, bro. So Joe Biden and the federal government, uh, they want to apply pressure on the airline industry. They want to, like, they putting the bill together right now to make the airlines pay the price for canceling flights and delaying flights that inconvenience Americans. 
He's pressuring them to lay out a total cost of a passenger's flight from the upfront tickets to the back end um, prices that you don't know to the change of seat to the baggage to the cancellation. Joe is putting pressure on them to do that. They don't we got one more slide for this? Let me see it. Right? Last year, Southwest canceled 16,000 flights. The December meltdown costed them $1 billion. On average, there's 257,000 flights that get canceled a year. But to come, not only do they make money off that, they say the airline make about $10 billion a year on that, on cancellation fees. Then they double back. Then they double back, and most airlines, what they do is they double book flights. They overbook flights. So I'm booked for C4A. George is booked for C4A. Guess what? They are playing that the odds say that one of us not going to show up. That's what the odds say. The odds say one of us not going to show up, but one of us is going to miss. But here's what happened. When both of us show up, guess what? George, you were on standby. We cancel your flight. And guess what it's called? It's called involuntary cancellation, and it is 100% legal. See, I like to get to the meat and potatoes of this. I like to get into the meat and potatoes of this. It is called involuntary cancellation, and there's nothing that you, as a passenger, can do about it. So, Joe Biden says, you know what, bro? I'm going to fix y'all. Y'all going to have to pay for it, but I'm going to keep it real with you. I'm good, Joe. I don't want you to fight for me on this one. Here's why. Here's why I don't want you to fight for me on this one. The minute you come up with that cancellation policy... The minute all of those tickets go up, incrementally, because the airline business is not a for-loss business. So, Joe, I'm going to keep it real. You are applying pressure on the wrong people. Because it's only going to hurt us as the consumers. Taking a flight has now become a part of our daily routine. I'm going to keep it real. I travel a lot now. I'm going to do shows. I'm going to do podcasts. I'm going to do interviews. Bro, don't put that extra money on me, bro. I'm good. This the fight. I'm good. Go stop giving money to Ukraine. You just said you just sent 57, I'm sorry, $500 million of war aid weapons to Taiwan. Bro, I'm just saying, go fight that fight. Figure out how to keep the debt ceiling thing intact. Leave the airport people alone, bro. Leave them alone. Le leave them alone. We all right. We all, we, we, we the people. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, so would you want them to fight for that? I think we the people, I think I, Wall Street Trapper, uh, I, I don't think the people mind me saying this. Joe, leaving people alone. We good. We, we good. Bad 
enough, the flight's hard now. Now you'll be paying $500 for <laughs> first class trip, not $2,000. Now we fighting over, now we fighting over economy. Go ahead and leave him alone, bro. We don't, we don't need that fight, Joe. We, we good. We good. We don't, we all right. We going we can let that, we can let that slide. We let that slide. We let that slide. If you let that slide in the comments, say you'll let that slide. Or if you want Joe to fight for it, say fight for it. I just want to see it in the comment right quick. Let me see how many people are going to say, oh, if, you want, if you want Joe to fight for you, say fight for me, Joe. If you say we good, let me see you say we good in the comments. Let me see you say we good. Let me see. Get rid Somebody say, Joe, go on get rid of the student loan debt before you fight the airline industry. I wish <laughs> That's facts, Joe. Go ahead and let that slide, bro. It's a whole bunch of other stuff you could be fighting for. Fight with the airlines ain't it, bro. So we good on that, man. All right, let's go a little further, man. All right. So here's something I want y'all to write down for me right quick. I wrote this down for y'all, and I want y'all to truly uh, take advantage of this. All right, I came up with something. On your wealth-building journey, here's 10 things I want you to take into mind. And here's why this is important for you. I realize that we get a new, I like to teach high, middle, low. I like to teach from all different layers so everybody can get into this. First thing I need you to do is establish a plan. Right? You cannot succeed at anything if you do not have a plan. Right? We not, we not freestyling our way to wealth. Let's get the likes up right quick. Do me a favor. Let's get to see 1,100 likes. Let's get to see 1,100 likes. All right? The first thing we got to do is establish a plan. The plan allows us to understand where we're going. The next thing I need you to do is understand your risk. Listen to me. Listen to me well. If you know that losing $1 going to make you panic, you need to write that down. If you know if your stock went down $10, you're going to DM me and say, trap, should I sell? If you know that's you, you need to write that down because you got to increase your capacity. Next, be tax efficient. I need you to understand where capital gains come in at. I need you to understand if you day trading, I need you to understand how to play that tax game just a little bit better. Get an understanding of it. Four, diversify. I'm going to be real with you. You don't need 40 stocks. The cheat code to beat the market is the lesser, the better. The cheat code to beating the market is the less stocks you own, the better. It's the better. All right, let's go a little further. Don't chase tips. One of the things that I do on here, I don't give tips. I give lessons. That was you put to say, mm, this nigga here. He missed it. Cold-blooded alley-oop. And he's still in Mexico, cha cha I saw him with that Hawaiian shirt on, y'all. Y'all, Jose had a, uh, Jose had a, uh, a shirt with, uh, flowers and pine. <laughs> Jose had the shirt with flowers in it. What you call them, uh, palm trees. 
But we'll do this. Cha, 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 cha. I said, man, what is Jose doing? That is not travel approval, Jose. That, that is not travel approval, Jose. I was, I was not feeling Jose with that. My dog was... I was like, what is, what is my dog doing on the microphone? I got to go talk to E.T. about that, man. I gotta, e, what you got? He is a trapper, E. We, no cha-cha slide out there, man. <laughs> All right, next. Uh, invest and don't speculate because hope is not a strategy for us. Right? Invest, don't speculate because hope is not a strategy. Next, I need you to invest regularly. I need you to make this a part of your blueprint. Invest regularly. So what does that mean, trap? Do it mean buy stocks every month, every week? It means I need you to make it part of your paycheck, part of your pay period. Every time you get some money, you're putting it in your account. Every week, invest regularly. Put the money in your account. Why? Because you don't got to be right right now. I just need you to be well in position. In position. All right, next. Reinvest. Reinvest. For my people, that's trading. I don't need you to trade right now to put the money in your pocket. I need you to trade to build up your portfolio so now you get to a point where your, tra your trades move the needle in your life. I need you to start now. Start, I need you to, okay, let's go back to the beginning. Confronting poverty. Meaning, trap, how do I live? A lot of people ask me, trap, how do I live off investing? How do I live off trading? The first thing you got to do is stop taking the money you're making right now and spending it. Stop doing that. You need to take the money you have now so you can build it. So if you got dividends, I don't need you to cash the dividends out. I need the dividends to be reinvested so the dividends start building your positions up. If you're trading, I need you to not take the money out unless you're in a certain range. But I need you to start saying, yo, if I made one trade, if I bought, if I'm doing ops or whatever, if I bought 10 stocks in a trade or if I bought two contracts, I need to figure out how eventually I can turn the two contracts to 20 contracts or the 20 contracts to 40 contracts or the 40 contracts to 80 contracts. So now when you make the trade, it changes, it moves the needle. We got to stop thinking so premature. We, we, we're taking premature profits. Ooh. You know it. Premature profits. Trap, I made $100, so? Let's turn 100 into two. I'm glad you made 100. That's your first 100 from the market. How do we go get 200? Trap, I made 200. Great. How do we get the 200 turned into 400? Trap, I made 400. Cool. How do I turn the 400 into 1,000? We not talking about, we talking incremental growth, but watch this. Incremental growth leads to, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the word I'm looking for? Leads to a quantum leap.
incremental growth leads to a quantum leap. Or, let's go a little further, incremental growth leads to exponential profits. But because we think the 200 is dope, we ain't realizing that that $200 trade could one day be a $200,000 trade. And that's when the game starts changing. See, when people tell you, yo, the $1,000 you invested ain't enough, it probably don't be enough to change my life. It's going to change my perspective, though. <laughs> The $1,000 that I invested might don't change my life, but it's going to change my perspective. Because once I see what the $1,000 can do, it's going to now entice me to go put $2,000 in it. Once I see what the $2,000 do, do, it's going to entice me to put $3,000 in it. Once I see what the $3,000 is going to do, it's going to say, yo, I don't got to go take that trip. I'm about to put the whole income tax check in there. Once you change your perspective, you can change your profit. Once you change the profit, freedom looks different for you. And I'm going to keep it real with you, yo. Watch this, y'all. And you can ask anybody, anybody that trades, anybody that invests. Yo, the same rules, the same patterns, the same strategy that it takes to trade and invest $1,000 takes the same thing to invest $10,000. The only thing that changes is the emotion. That's the, that's the only thing that changes. The only thing that changes is the emotion. Once you can compartmentalize the emotion, you don't unlock the whole nother level. Watch this. If you can do an option contract with two, if you could do an option trade with two contracts, you could do it with 20. Because the, you're looking for the same thing. You're looking for the same thing. You, if you're a pattern, you're looking for the same pattern. If you're doing leaps, you're looking for the same thing. If you're scalping, you're looking for the same thing. What you're looking for don't change. The only thing that changes is the emotion. So once you get the emotion intact, it's a game changer. So, this is why I tell people who learn from me, if it's investing, you need to understand where your risk tolerance is at. Because once you identify that, we can build you up. I can help you build once we are, because everybody's emotion to money going to be different. Right? Like, I'm not going to lie to you, y'all. Bro, I lost $100,000 a year ago, year and a half ago with PayPal, bro. It ain't even shake me. I was like, damn, I lost 100 bands. My tolerance is... Yo, I'm, I bet. How do I not make the same mistake again? But I ain't scared of it. What happens is, let's go back. Your avoidance of the conflict, your avoidance of the confrontation, 
Your avoidance of the loss keeps you from moving forward. What we said earlier, fear, fear keeps you from tapping into the possibilities. The possibilities are what gives you excitement and edge. Yo, I'm so excited when I make a trade. Yo, I'm like, bad. What? I'm about to go in this trade? I ain't scared to lose no money. I'm a, if I'm being honest with y'all right now, I'm going to just keep it 100. The only reason I really got out of the Apple trade, the NVIDIA trade, was because I didn't want my people in the Patreon to lose money. If I'm being honest with y'all, that's the only reason I got out of them trades, because I wanted them to make the money. No matter how big or how small the profit was, I wanted them to make the money. For me, man, I'm going to let that thing sit. I don't care. I'm being 100% honest. My people in the Patreon, I promise y'all, the only reason I got out the Apple trade and the NVIDIA trade is because we was up so much, I ain't want y'all to give that back. Me personally, I don't care. I'm not buying an a, a option trade. I'm not buying a leap to be out six, nine, eight months to be getting out of it in three months or four months. I'm about to let that thing run because I know the market going to move how it's supposed to move. I only did that because I wanted y'all not to lose no money. If it was up to me, bro, I would have sat in that thing like, bet, I ain't tripping. I gave, that thing was up $9,000. It went all the way down to $62. I would have gave all that back because I had it out for a whole year. I don't know if it's going to come back to me. I just ain't want y'all to lose no money because I know y'all tolerance ain't like my tolerance. I'm keeping it real. I don't care about losing no money because the market going to give it to me every time. I'm patient. The market ain't going to be more patient than me because the market always rewards patience. I'm keeping it real with y'all. But your fear of losing a little money going to keep you from making a whole lot of money. I can stand in it. My trap masters will tell you, I stood in that 100K loss like, man, I ain't tripping on that. I bounced back. And gave it back to me at the end of the year. Started it. Now I'm up another 115 right now. Man, I ain't tripping. I'm going to make more money than I lose over the course of my journey. And once you have that visualization, once you have that mindset, you love the market. That's my edge. My advantage is I know I'm going to make more money playing this game than I lose this mon money playing this game over the long term. So some people can say, well, trap is because you got more money than me. Well, trap is because it is. Man, I don't know how much money you got. The difference is our mindset. That's the difference. You want to be wealthy. You want to get rich. You want to change your family's purchasing and power. You want to be the person that leads and introduce your family to wealth, but you also the same person that don't want to take a loss. When you look at sports and people say losing isn't an option, I'm going to keep it real with you. You ain't being realistic. It's always an option. Losing is an option. It's an option. 
When you confront the fact that it's an option, it helps you move differently. But when you say losing is not an option, then you being unrealistic with yourself. And anytime you're not being real with yourself, you put yourself in a situation where you could get blindsided by life. Every day when I was in the street, I walk up, yep, today I could go to jail, today I could go to prison. So now what happens is when I walk on my door, I'm more vivid. I'm paying attention to what's going on. I'm aware of the adversities. I'm looking, I'm, I'm aware, I'm conscious. But if I tell myself I'm good, ain't nothing gonna happen, I'm getting blindsided when the people kick my door in. I get blindsided when I think the dude ain't gonna rat on me. I get blindsided. It's an option. It's on the table. But when I'm aware of the option, I can now navigate like it's a possibility and that's what gives me the advantage. When I look at the market and I say, damn, we ain't gonna lose no money, okay? How can we not lose money? Well, we gotta be aware everything's gone. I'll go at the market, everything like, all right, yo, like, I can lose a trade right here. I can lose this, but guess what? I'm gonna win more than I lose. And because I put that in front of me, it came blindside me. And then at the same time, I'm able to say, self-correct, trap. We didn't identify this. We missed that. I ain't perfect, man. What happens in this game is, yo, we allow people to persuade us with fake realities. We allow people to show us all their wins and we don't force them to show us their losses. And because we don't want to confront the losses, we don't want to confront the possibility that you can lose. So when somebody show you win, 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 that's what you do. All you see is win. So when trap come up here, I'm like, yep, we went, we made money here. We lost a little money here. It's all right, y'all. We took a little L right here. It's all right, y'all. I ain't tripping. I want to look at the game from the full spectrum. That way I'm not lying to you. That way now I'm not selling you a dream. I ain't going to sell you no dream. What happens is once we understand, yo, I can take an L, it helps us move a little bit different. It helps us be a little more cautious. We keep our head on the swivel, but we confront the poverty. Avoidance is not the key to mastery. Confronting it is the key to mastery. Avoidance isn't the key to success. Confronting the failure is the key to success. Acknowledging it. Even the Bible, what it say? It don't say, no weapons ain't gonna form, you gonna prosper. It says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Meaning, they're going to be formed. They're going to come against you. You will take a hit. You will get burned. You will get the scars. You will fall down. You will bump your head. You will get punched in the face. But if you stay in the game, they will not prosper. It's talking about they not gonna prosper. So that's where my confidence comes from. My confidence comes from because I know I'm willing to play the game and I'm willing to sit when it burn. I'm willing to face the adversity. 
When it start hurting, I'm going to push myself to do one more. I might complain a little bit, but I'm going to push myself to do one more. The problem is, yo, we won't win and we don't want, we don't want to look at the idea that, yo, we could lose a little money. So that's why we get scared of the market. That's why we get scared of the red days. But even on the other side, we make a little money. Trap, I made $60. Should I take my money out? Why are you going to take the money out? Did you not believe in the company? Well, I, I won't take it out in case it falls. So what did it fall? What, what are we doing? We got to start playing the game different. We playing this game for the long run, for the long haul. But we can take incremental wins along the way. I just learned something the other day. And it said, Bernard Arnault, him and his family own 70% of LVMH stock. He got all his kids on the boards, but then he put a clause in it. He put a clause in that said that they cannot sell the stock until 30 years after the date that he put them on it. And then after the 30 years, they can only sell a portion of it. I say, God, that's long haul. That's long haul. That's longevity. That's automatically saying that, yo, when y'all young ass get old, y'all can only sell so much. But look, you got to get out to your kids too. Yo, even when he gone, he know they good. Long haul, immediately. That was something I didn't know you could do. Immediately, it changed my whole perspective. Bet, now my portfolio, I'm going to keep it real with you. Now, my portfolio, it ain't even for me no more. The portfolio I'm building, I'm going to keep it real with y'all, yo. It ain't even for me no more. Recession portfolio is just for me to have fun. My long-term portfolios, my Roth IRAs, yo, they not even for me no more. I ain't lying to you. They not for me no more. It's for my daughter. It's for her kids. It's for it. Yo, I'm about to go to my people and say, yo, let's put it here that my daughter can't, the day I pass away, she can't sell these 40 acres of land and she can't sell none of these stocks for 30 years. And after 30 years, after I pass, she can only sell a portion of it because the other portion got to go to her kids. Game changer. Game changer. I wasn't even thinking like that. But what happens is, once we get introduced to new information, it's supposed to change our perspective. We get introduced to new information that don't change us at all. What's the purpose of getting the information? Confronting. Confronting the poverty. Y'all thought I was just talking about being broke and poor? I'm talking about the mindset that come with it. I'm talking about the shit that poverty make you fear. That's what I'm talking about when I say confront the poverty. What does it make you fear? What does it make you avoid? That's what you got to confront. That's the fear that keeps you from going to the next level. You scared of that. But you got to say you scared of it. You got to say, yo, this is my fear. And then you got to stand in it because in order to increase your territory, you got to increase your capacity. And the only way you increase your capacity is acknowledging it and standing in it and standing in it when it hurt, standing in it when you're scared, 
standing in it when you take the loss, learn from it, so when you get confronted with it again, it doesn't affect you the same way. It doesn't affect you the same way. Think about this. If somebody threw you in a dark room when you was little, you got scared. You got, you panicked a little while. But watch this. If you stood in it for a little bit, after the fear goes and after that anxiety moves, after the uncertainty passes you, if you stay in there, what happens? You literally start seeing what's going on in the room. Your eyesight start to adjust. Your hearing start to adjust because when your eyes can't see, you start to hear, you start to smell a little more. What happens is you've already increased your capacity. But what happened was you had to overcome the anxiety. You had to overcome the fear of not knowing. You had to overcome the uncertainty. It took you a little minute. It may have took some people five minutes. It may have took some people 10 minutes. It may take some people 30 minutes. It may take some people an hour. But guess what? If you stood in it long enough, if you stood in it long enough, You'll be like, yo, I can see what's going on in here. I ain't tripping no more. I don't smell no danger. I don't feel no danger. I don't hear no danger. I'm good. You ain't even got to get the key no more. I'm straight. You know, I ain't scared. <laughs> Bet. 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 Same thing, man. Same rules apply. Staying in it for a little minute. Because there's an old saying, well, don't kill me makes me stronger. But don't kill me. Makes me stronger. Stronger? What does strong equate to in your life? Where does strong get you? Where does strong help you overcome would a strong help you become the champion of? When I got stronger, I start making better decisions. When I got stronger, I start changing my family life. Because I understood that everybody had the same capacity that I had. But guess what? I had been through enough fire to where I knew I was gold. I had been through the fire. I know what it felt like to be burned. Like, bet, that's a, that's a burn mark. And I understood that coming out on the other side of that fire, once my people saw me come through the fire, guess what it did to them? It gave them the power, the strength, the courage, the influence that they can go through the fire too. And if I went got them, it gave them more courage because they said, guess what? I can follow cuz. I can follow my own. I can follow my daddy. I can follow my cousin. I can, fo I can follow my nephew. I can follow my son. Because he's been through the fire. And he got this thing about him. He got this courage. It don't matter how tight it's getting. It don't matter how stuff crumbling. He can, he can operate through the chaos. And it's because he can operate through the chaos. It's because he can operate through the confusion where I am influenced by his audacity. Who will you influence? But in order to influence, you first got to get burned. And if you ain't ready to get burned, 
You're wasting my time and yours. There we go. Good job, today, my dog. Last but not least, man, stick to your plan. Number 10, stick to your plan. <laughs> Number 10, stick to the plan. Let's go a little further, Deb. <laughs> All right, man, here's what I want us to understand, man. Here are the 70 companies that make up more than 50% of the NASDAQ. Now, we talked about the S&P 500 for a second, but now I want to talk to you about the NASDAQ. So, watch this. Uh, Microsoft makes up, watch this. Microsoft makes up 12% of the S&P, I mean, the NASDAQ. So does Apple. Watch this. Alphabet, because it's ANC, they make up, Almost seven, a little bit, right at seven percent. Amazon makes up six point um, eighteen percent. Nvidia makes up five point fourteen percent. Meta. Uh, <laughs> somebody say, "Boy, who taught you how to talk like that?" <laughs> man, it's because I love y'all, man. I ain't gonna lie to y'all, man. I love y'all so much, man. Um, I enjoy trapping too. And it takes a commitment to do this, y'all. We won't be told how to build wealth, but you will forever feel the effects of not doing it. And for me, you know, I came from Cali and I could have been like, man, we ain't doing trapping tools today. But that wasn't even an option. It wasn't. I don't need a, this what I love to do. I love to teach. I love y'all. I'm just keeping a hundred. I love y'all. I love this. I love my team. Everybody put in the effort. If I told them we ain't doing trapping tools, that would have been an issue. Man, I'm tired. It would look, I'm gonna be a leader. I'm gonna be a pinnacle leader if I tell them, man, that flight whooped my tail. I'm tired. My email was acting up. I couldn't send the stuff out. I was just writing it in my notes. I got off the plane. I sent my people like 15 different, boom, 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 boom. Me not doing Trapping Tuesdays was not an option for me. Trapping Tuesdays is a part of my life. The way I prepare for it, the way I study for it, because I know I can't come here and give y'all a lackluster performance. But I will say something right here. If y'all ask, don't go download this episode. <laughs> if y'all ask, don't go to Apple Podcasts. Listen to me, y'all. I want y'all to do this for me, man. Real talk, y'all. Real talk. For all my new people, I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. You feel me? For all my old people, for all my, my seasoned trappers, y'all know this home, man. Welcome home. Listen, Jose, put the link in the chat. I need y'all to go to Apple Podcasts. To all my people that got apples, listen, it's 1.5 billion people. So that means majority of my people got apples. For all my Android people, go to Spotify. We ain't mad at y'all. Go to Google Play. We ain't mad at y'all. Help us over there too. All y'all support count. But listen, y'all ass. Man, go download the episodes, y'all. You feel me? Go download all the episodes. All of them. Jose, how many episodes we drop a week? 
We drop five episodes a week, y'all. I need y'all to download all of them. All, not just the one on Tuesday. Yo, I need you to download all of them. That help us get right now. I think we number 54 on the charts. Yo, we was number four, y'all. We was number four. We was number four on the charts. We number 54. Now, we still top, top 100. And we ain't mad at that. Go download them episodes, man. Go help us out, man. Download them. Put them on automatic. Once you download all of them, put everything else on automatic download, man. You hear me? Let's go. All right, let's go a little further. All right, yo, this caught me off guard, y'all. I'm not going to lie. These people crazy. These people crazy. These people want Warren Buffett out. How the hell you want to kick Warren Buffett out? They want Warren Buffett. <laughs> so, allegedly, a group of people investors in the Berkshire family says that they want to remove Warren Buffett as the chairman on the board because of his relationships with Bill Gates and his political agenda. Now, I'm going to keep it a honey. Bill is diabolical. Like, Bill... Bill got all kind of stuff he be doing, buying land. Bill be shifting politics. I don't care what nobody say. And he been shifting politics for a long time. You got to remember, at one time when we all was coming up, I'm 40. Like, Bill was the richest man with no competition. You feel me? Like, Bill... <laughs> Bill was the richest man with no competition. And he was like, yo, Bill Gates, the richest man in the world. Bet. Am I lying? Like, for the longest, it was like no competition. Bill Gates, the richest man in the world. <laughs> but of course, the people who they lost by a landslide. Like, they lost by a landslide. Because watch this. Let's go a little further. Berkshire's ha Berkshire Hathaway's operating earnings have increased by 12% in the first quarter alone. And we go, watch this. The man now has $130 billion of cash on hand. God damn. Warren. Warren. Hi, your boy. Yo. How in the hell? How in the hell could you want this man not to be running your money for you? See, it don't matter. See, this, this goes to show you about people. It don't matter how good you do for people. They're going to always plot on your downfall. Now, this man, Warren Buffett, has made... 45% of the people in Omaha, Nebraska, rich. Real talk. The, some, the rich people in Omaha, Nebraska, their wealth is associated with him because they've been owning Berkshire stocks since it was 
The Class A stock is not 300 and something thousand dollars. This is what I said, 300 something thousand. It was 400,000. They've been owning the stock since it was $400, bro. He's made a whole lot of people rich. Bro, why would you tell this man, we want you off the board? Man, I, if I was Warren, I ain't going to lie. Man, I'll give him their money back. You want me off the board? Guess what? I don't want your money. Go send it somewhere else. I ain't lying. If you want me off the board, I don't want your money. That's why I can't be no fund manager. I can't be no fund manager. Don't try to oust me and I done made you all this money. Now you want to oust me? Debt. Go die slow debt with your money. <laughs> I was just saying, man. Anyway, though, man, the man has increased Berkshire's earning, earning, operating earnings. So operating earnings, that ain't even the money we invested. This is money that the company operates. So from operations, by 12%. And the first, Apple has $50 billion of cash. I want y'all to let that sink in. Apple has $50 billion in cash. Warren has $130 billion in cash. I got to go buy some more Burke B, man. All right, let's go a further. Watch this. Michael Warren, man. This year alone, Warren Buffett will be getting a dividend check from Apple for $214 million. I'm telling Or the Berkshire almost 500. See, I ain't even, I don't even look at it no more. Let me see what the Berkshire is. Let me see. I don't even look at Berkshire. I ain't, I, I can't afford it. Let me see. Somebody corrected me. So I don't mind being corrected. Last time I looked at it was 300. Let me see. BR. God damn. Bro, the stock is $497,870. Let's go a little further. Watch this, bro. In one year, watch this. In one year, the stock is up 4%. But 4% is $20,000. Watch this. In five years, it's up 68%. That's $203,150. You know what, bro? I, my investing goal is to now buy one share of Berkshire A before Mr. Buffett died. Jose, that doesn't mark my word. Jose, that is an investing goal. How much it is, cuz? Right now? $497,000. $870. Y'all want to go, somebody want to go half on me with this? 
We got, we got, we got. Matter of fact, we're going to raise some money. You hear me? We're going to raise some money. Watch this, Jose. If you're in the Travis Anonymous, <laughs> if you're in Travis Anonymous, if you're in the Triple Beam team, we're going to put a contract together. We're going to put a contract together. If you're in Travis Anonymous, if you're in the Triple Beam team, or the Master of the Triple Beam, Oh, Zay, how you feel about that, Zay? <laughs> We're going to come together. We're going we gonna to put it, we'll get L to write us up a contract. We're going to get Lashana to write us up a contract. We're going to buy one share as a unit. Minimum hold, five years. Minimum hold five years under no conditions. Under no conditions. Minimum investment, 5000 Minimum investment is 5000 I'm in a bind, Nate. Don't put some people in a bind. Bro, I think that's I think that I think that'll be dope, bro. Just on some gangster shit. Like, yo, what's up? Tell me how y'all feel about that in the chat. How y'all feel about that in the chat? If you if you with it, say I'm with it. If you think I'm crazy, say trap, you done lost your damn mind. And I think we can put the I think we can put the numbers together to see like. It'll be like a, you know what I'm saying? Like, if the minimum investment is $5,000, then $5,000 gets you, you know, zero point something percent. You know what I'm saying? You know, $20,000 gets you, you know what I'm saying? And then after the five years, we got profit. Man, that shit would be gangster, dog. Dog. I got to see the legalities behind that. Because I ain't going to jail. I don't want... I hate to say this, but it's going to be controversial right here. I don't want y'all to do me like y'all did Jay Morrison. Now, I'm not saying the man did nothing wrong. What I'm saying is the people ain't read the fine print so when he said, I'm going to give you an 8% dividend return, they didn't know it was going to be a $12 check. You know what I'm saying? I'm, let me say this. I'm not saying that the man, I, I don't got nothing to do with that. Right? I don't got nothing to do with that part of it, the, the, the controversial part. What I'm saying is I understand that people didn't read the fine print. So when he said, we're going to give you all an 8% Dividend return, the people thought they were going to be getting a lot of money. When they get the little $25 check, they're looking like, what the hell is this? You feel me? So that's what I mean, because there ain't no beef right here. So we, we got to make sure we got the fine print. 
You feel me? We got the fine print that said, read this. Five years. You feel me? Five years. Lock in. You can't take the money out for five years. I don't care what it is under no circumstances. That makes sense? With a $5,000 minimum. Let me say this again. I'm not saying nothing wrong with Jay. I'm not calling a man nothing. I'm saying when he said we're going to have an 8% dividend, I know people didn't read that. They didn't they read the fine print. And so when you, read the, when you don't read the fine print, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's what I want. That's, what I, that's all I'm saying now. The fine print. The fine print, our fine print going to say five years. $5,000 minimum, five years. Jose, you got me? $5,000 minimum, five years. What else we need in there? How many people? Also, if it's at 5,000 flat, it's 100 people. So 100 people, 100, 100 people. We have 100 people. So we get 100 people. Man, she on her math right there. So we get 100 people to give us $5,000. So let me say this too. Let me say this too. The slots decrease if you put more than 5,000. So if I say I'm going to put 20,000, that, that now puts us at what? 96 people, right? Huh? Something like that. Once we hit the $5,000, $500,000 mark, that's it. Oh, that's good. And here's another thing. I'm not getting a fee. There's no, there's no management fee here. That way people can't say, you're getting paid. My money ain't like yours. I'm going to keep it real with you. I'm going in with probably 100. I want the majority. <laughs> I'm based on, I want the majority. That's 20 slots gone, right? 25 slots gone. They're out of here. They gone. So we down to 75. <laughs> We down to, uh, what's that, 475, 480. Oh, that'd be, yo, that'd be, hey, let me see something right quick. Let me, hold on, what Ian said? Ian's so crazy. What's up, my brother Ian? What, hey, what that'd be, y'all? Ian, you in? Ian, you gonna get in here? Man, I'm telling you, man, I wanna play the game for what it's worth. Ian, if Ian in here, what Ian putting in? I'm putting 100 in. I ain't even lying to you. I want, I'm knocking some slots out. Y'all piss me off. I, I, I find, if I get at a discount, I might go 200. I might get greedy on y'all ass. Listen, we're playing a well game. 
shit. You ain't see that return? Five years, 200,000? We playing a well game. Look, Ian say I'm in. So that's, if I take 200, <laughs> I know if I take 100, if I take 200, if I take 150, I know Ian gonna take 150. That's 300. How many slots that is? Ooh. That's what? I mean, y'all better 40%. First come, first serve. First come, first serve. Nah, ain't no minimum. This is all you can eat buffet till you run out of slots. Once you run out of slots, yo, that'd be dope. All right, man, let's move on, man. We had fun right there, y'all. I love y'all, man. Ian, I ain't playing. I'm dead ass serious, too. <laughs> Ian said we playing trap or die the whole way there. I'm telling y'all, I'm serious. I'm going to see what that contract look like. I'm going to at least put 100 in. I know if I put 100, I know Ian going to at least put 75. We know that's good money. Five years? The way Buffett keep buying Oxy Petroleum? And Apple, Apple make up 40% of that man thing right now. All right, let me go on. Let's go a little further. All right, here's what I want y'all to understand. Watch this. Look how Buffett takes a bite out of Apple. Watch this. Yo, in 2015, the man did not own no Apple stock. I want y'all to be mindful of this. In 2015, Warren Buffett did not own any Apple stock. Zero. He did not own any technology companies. Watch this. 2015, he bought his, 2016, he bought his first position in Apple stocks. And I want this to be a good example to y'all. 2016, they introduced the Apple, I, the AirPods got introduced. 2020, the app, 19, the Apple card. 2019, the Apple TV launched. And look how the trend goes up though. It just goes up. In 2022, uh, China planning unrisked risk on the iPhone shipments. 2023, Apple all-time the, the savings yields. 2023, Apple opens the India store. But check this out, y'all. This man went from 2015 not owning no Apple stock to 2023, Apple now makes up 40% of his portfolio. <laughs> Somebody said, Trap, why would you tell us about it if you're going to buy it all? I don't know the shit. The shit sounded like a good idea. You know how it is you, when you figure out a good idea is a good idea? You be like, wait, hold up. That shit good. <laughs> you know, look, what God did. Listen, think about this. Not to be super religious, what did God do after he made everything? What did he say? It is good. What did God... <laughs> Y'all having too much fun tonight. What did God do after he created everything? E.T. said it, but I ain't realize it until E. said it. Like, yo, God created... First, I don't want to say it in order. Like, he created the earth. He was like, wait. That's good. And then, he created...
created the sea. He separated the sea from the land. And then he said, that's good. And then he created the fishes in the sea. He said, boy, that, he was feeling himself. Like, but that's good. Then he created the land and the trees. And what he said, boy, that is good right there. I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. And then he created the lions, tigers, and bears, and birds in the air. And then he stepped back and said, yo, that is good. This is some good stuff here. <laughs> he was on a, God was on a roll. And then he created Adam. Blue. That was cold-blooded. Because everything else he created from nothing. God created everything else from nothing. And then he saw like, yo, you start just getting creative. He was in his creative bag. He's like, yo, let me, what if I took this dirt? Mix it with a little water and blow in it. <laughs> and God did what when he did it? Yo, let me take the dirt. Mix it with a little water, shimmer it up a little bit. And he said, ooh, that's good right there. He saw Adam was so good, he just out the gate said, yo, I'm just about to give you dominion, bro. Like, you could just run everything. You good. You so good, I made you. Watch this, though. This was cold-blooded. God ain't had no mirrors. God ain't had none of that. He said, I'm going to make you and our likeness. And what did he say when he made it? That's good. So that gives me, a, that gives me the idea that when you see something good, you double down on it. <laughs> man, I, I flamed y'all ass, man. Y'all ain't getting it, man. <laughs> Trapping shooters, Trapping Tuesdays, man. Dope show on the block, man. Let's give us a round of applause, man. Let's go, man. All right, man. Here's what, here's what we love about Buffett, man. Buffett found a great thing in Apple, and I want y'all to take this with real talk. You find a great company, you buy it, until you can't buy it no more. Buy it, got it at a dip, he bought some more. Dip here, bought some more. He let it run, big dip, bought some more. Let it run, dip, buy some more. When you buy a good company, you just keep loading up on it, y'all. All right, let's go a little further. Y'all having fun tonight? All right, spending money we don't have. Credit card debt getting out of hand. In, in the U.S., 45% of millennials now have more credit card debt than savings. 44% of adults who are ages 43 to 58 have more credit card debt than savings. Overall record, 36% of adults have more credit card debt than savings. These numbers are up massively this year. Yo, we talking about just in 2023, y'all. 
let's go back. Let's go back to the idea. Let's go back to the mindset of if you don't confront, if you don't confront poverty, we're talking about behaviors and mindsets. If you don't confront them, yo, you will have more credit card debt than savings. Now, I don't want you to, I don't want you to disregard this. But somebody in the chat right now that's watching Trapping Tuesdays, you fall in this. Let's get for real. If it's saying 44% of adults are 43 to 58, and then it's saying 45% of millennials, yo, we covering everything. I like to laugh and have fun, but then I like to be real serious, yo. Listen, they not playing. They understand what's going on, but they put us in a chokehold with this money. And if we don't understand how to play this game, y'all, we're going to be in bad position because who benefits from us? Now, watch this. Who benefits from us having all this credit card debt? The banks and the credit card holders. We buy depreciating assets. We buy things, we buy things that don't bring no value to our life. I'm telling y'all right now, y'all. I'm telling you right now. What we need to do, and it is imperative, y'all, we need to invest as much as we can. We need to have some money liquid. And I said this probably in episode 28. This is not the time for us to be blowing money. I'm going to keep it real with you. Just this month alone, I looked at I said, damn, all right. I looked at my expenses. I looked what we paid. And I still had, I had a good, I had a good, like, leftover. My net, I netted good. Like, after I paid everything, and the first thing I asked myself was, how can I do better? How can I do better? Confronting, like, okay, we spent this, but how can we do better? How can we do better? I need us to tell ourselves, how can we do better? Let's go a little further there. Look at this. Spending money we don't have. Watch this. Generation Z, ages 18 to 26, 38% credit card debt. Watch this. Ages 27 to 42, we the worst. We the worst. You know why from 27 from 42 the worst? Because we the ones that can't be told nothing. You the one that think you know it all, and you the one that's standing in it. From 43 to 58, they 44, and from 59 to 77, they, they the lowest. You know why? Because they come up under the era where they scared to even use the credit cards. Dave Ramsey been told them cut the credit cards up and throw them away. From 27 to 42, we are the worst, y'all. You know why? Because that's what a financial trauma is thick at. Let's go a little further. The big three, Visa, watch this. The proof is in the pudding. Visa, up 12% this year. MasterCard, up 10% this year. American Express up 4% this year. Why are they up like that? Because more people using them. Why? Because people's savings accounts are depleting. And what happens when your savings, watch this. What happens when your savings account is depleting, but you still have the same bad habits? It's easy to swipe. 
Them people was brilliant when they came up with the credit card. You know why? Because it's easier, it's harder for you to spend money that you feel. It's harder for you to go in your pocket, count the $100, know you got $100 left, and spend $100. It's hard for you to do that. It's harder for you to spend the money. You got to pull out your purse. You know your mama going up here. Your grandma go here. It's hard. Your daddy got the wallet sticking way out. It's back pocket. It's harder for you to spend money that you actually count, feel it. You, man, I ain't spending that money. That's why you don't go draw money from the bank like talking about it. But to swipe, there's no emotion tapped to that. Because most people, when they swipe, they don't even want to look at the credit card bill at the end of the month. And then when they do, guess what you want to do? Pay the minimum. So guess what happens now? Interest. Average credit card interest right now, 26%. They boxing us in, y'all. They boxing us in, y'all. All right, let's go a little further. J.P. Morgan is the bank bully. Watch this, y'all. We talked about this earlier. Interest rates and deposits by banks. Watch this. Wells Fargo, 0.15%. Citibank, 0.05%. Chase, 0.01%. Bank of America, 0.01%. U.S. Bank, 0.01%. But watch this. Go a little further. Next slide. Watch this. Boom. J.P. Morgan, the bank bully. The market cap of all regional banks are down 80% to $800 billion. Let's put it in perspective. J.P. Morgan alone is expecting to make $80 billion off net interest this year. They, they are projected to make $80 billion just off interest. The bank stocks, the U.S. regional bank stocks alone are only $100 billion. So watch this. J.P. Morgan in 1.5 years are positioned to produce more in interest than the small regional banks can produce alone in market cap. Okay, so let's make it make sense because you probably like trap. You say it a lot, but I don't get that. Okay, watch this. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank alone, just off interest, not off nothing else, just off interest are expected to make more money just off interest payments than the entire regional bank sector alone together. Now, let's go a little further. While only giving the depositor 0.01% on your money sitting in the bank. Okay, let's think about that. J.P. Morgan Chase is the biggest bank in America. The biggest bank in America. They're the biggest bank in America. They are positioned to make over $80 billion this year alone just off interest payments. The regional bank sector is down 80%. The market cap is about $100 billion. In 1.5 years, J.P. Morgan Chase is expected, they are positioned to make more money off interest payments, meaning people paying them from interest 
than the entire market cap of what the small regional banks are worth. While subsequently only paying out their depositors 0.01%, which means they're making a lot of money, but they ain't giving a lot of money. So, because of that, this is why the small banks make more sense. But the small banks can't compete because people are taking their money out the bank. So watch this. JP Morgan comes in and says, yo, I'll buy that bank for dirt cheap so I can get all their assets. Real soon, the five to six banks that we name will control 90% of all deposits in America. This is why I told y'all, the minute we saw the first bank collapse, what did Trap say? Go buy J.P. Morgan Chase. The minute the first bank collapsed, twins SVB collapsed, hey, what I say, hey, go buy Chase Bank. Immediately, first quarter, what they said, our, our deposits went up $60 billion. They got all the assets. What they just did, First Republic, what they just did, we'll buy it. They the bully of the game. Let's go a little further. CDs. Give you, this is why the money leaving the banks. CDs giving you 5%. Money market give you 4.5%. Treasuries are giving you 3%. This is more money than just sitting your money in a bank. So people are taking money out of the bank. But JP Morgan like, nope, guess what? We'll offer the CD for you. What do we get to do with the CD? We get to not hold your money. We'll give you the 5%, but we get to hold your money. I can use the money for leverage. Watch this. And this alone is why $1 trillion has left banks last year. Only a few will survive. Let's go a little further. Let's go a little further. All right, man, let's talk about dividend increases. Apple had a dividend increase of 4.4%. Johnson & Johnson had a dividend increase of 5.3%. Um, IBM had a dividend increase of 0.5%, and Procter & Gamble had a dividend increase of 3.3%. Um, Apple now has increased the dividend for 11 years straight. 11 years straight. Let's go a little further. All right, this is important. I need y'all to see. When you take a loss... This is what you need to recover from that loss. So if you lose 1%, 1% can get it. If you lose 5%, you can get 5%. But watch this. If you lose 10%, you need 11% gain. If you lose 20%, you need a 25% gain. If you lose 30%, you need a 43% gain. If you lose 50%, you need 100%. Uh, if you lose 40%, you need a 67% gain. If you lose 50%, you need 100% gain. If you lose 60%, you need 150% gain. If you lose 70%, you need 233% gain. If you lose 80%, you need a 400% gain on that position. Reason being, every time you lose, what happens is that position starts over at a negative. This is why it's important for you to do what? Average in. Why? 
Because if you average in, you bring the cost basis down. If your stock goes down and you don't bring the cost basis down, you need to now get to that to break even just before you can go above. But what happens is, let's say you lose 40%. Let's say your stock is at $100. Well, it goes down to 90. Well, now it's like you now position now at $90 if you don't bring your cost basis down. So now you need what? 10% to get back to the top. Make sense? You need 10%. The further you go down, the more you need to go up. The more you need to increase. This is why it is important for you to do what now? If you one, it's important for you to buy great businesses. Two, it is important for you to understand why you need to average into stocks and not just let them hit. This is why I just told you, yo, I'm going to buy, I'm going to go buy tomorrow morning, I'm going to go buy 150 shares of PayPal. Not because I just won't buy it, it's because I need to average down so I ain't sitting where I'm at. I don't got to get a 200% return on this. I can average down into it, bring my cost basis down, and now I can get, it don't got to go to whatever it's at right now, it can come down. This helps me now see a better return. You feel me? I need you to understand, averaging in to this helps you out. This is so important for us. This is so, trapping tools, this is about us helping you understand how to navigate. So this is why I don't need you trying to buy a Bath Bath & Beyond. I don't need you trying to buy these garbage can companies because you get stuck. You bought First Republic at $33 when the people talked about it. The stock is now on $2. Guess what? You took that L, fam. It ain't gonna, you ain't going to get the 400% return on that. You down 80%. You done. But if you bought an NVIDIA last year or if you bought a Facebook last year and the stock was down 80%, and you bought it all the way down at $89, guess what? Facebook is up 100% this year. If you bought Facebook and it was going down, it went down, it went down to $89. Your goal as an investor is not to just sit there and say, buy no from Facebook, is to say, yo, I like the company, I understand the fundamentals, let me buy down. So now it's at $89, I bought it, I kept buying it till it went down, and guess what happened right then? Boom, you up 100%. Guess what happened? You got your money back, you in the good almost. Same thing with NVIDIA. Learning how to play the game helps you win the game. You trying to go buy these trash companies thinking, yo, it's the time for me to buy. No, it ain't. Leave it alone. All stocks don't come back up. Only the quality ones do. Only the quality ones do. All stocks don't come back up, yo. Some of them get delisted. Then you really out of luck. You really out of luck. Once it get delisted, you, you done. 
So buy great companies. When great companies go on sale, average into it to bring your cost basis down. Now, don't buy every dip. You're going to run out of chip. Average down so you can bring your cost basis down so you ain't going to be down 80% trying to get a 400% return. I'm going to average down on PayPal. I understand that the growth is slow now. I understand that they got a great balance sheet. They got a good income statement. They got a good balance sheet. But yo, they don't got no growth. So I don't already hit the switch. Boom. Let me average down into it. Let me get my cost basis down to about $70. And guess what? I got to hold it for five years. I ain't tripping. But now I don't got to wait to try to get a 2233%. So I ain't buying PayPal no more. No. All right, let's move forward. I ain't going to stay on that too long. All right, watch this, y'all. $5 trillion is sitting on the sideline right now. That's the most ever been sitting on the sideline. Companies are scared. Companies are putting money in treasuries. This was going on right now, y'all. They have $5.3 trillion of money on the sideline, meaning it's not in the market. It's not in the market. All right, let's go a little further. Don't laugh at me, y'all. Don't pull out, just leave it in. <laughs> Here's why. Prime example. If you invested $10,000 in 1992, here's what happened. The $10,000 as of, as of October last year is now $160,000. Right? As of now, it's up even more. But here's what happened. From 92. You went through the tech bubble. From 2002, it went up, but in 2007, you got all the way back down. So the 2000 went to 28,000, and then it went to 24,000. But from 2007 to 2017, that 10,000 turned to 105,000. But then during COVID, it turned to 97,000 during a pandemic. But from the pandemic, it went all the way up now to December last year to being worth $160,000. That's the power of not pulling out. Wait. That sounded crazy. That's the power of staying invested. There we go. There we go. Shatora. Thank you, baby. I apologize, queen. I did not mean that the way it came out. You feel me? I always want to respect the queen and the queens that listen. It's the power of staying invested. I didn't think about that when I put the head in on it. I should have, I was on an airport. I had jet lag. It sounded right. So let me go back. I'm not trying to offend nobody. That is the power of Staying invested. Damn. All right, let's go a little further because I don't want to sit on that no more. I just want to get off of it. All right, watch this, y'all. A company called Mobileye partnered with Porsche to make a level four autonomous driving car. This is crazy. A, a, a fully automated means the car does everything. Mobileye has partnered with Porsche to make a fully autonomous 
car, meaning you ain't got to do nothing. Just get in it. That's another level. I don't know if I trust that or not. Let's go a little further. Also, watch this. The Tesla of tractors. This company, uh, Monarch, is producing the world's first fully electric driver optional smart tractor. They've partnered with NVIDIA for board sensors and cameras. This tractor is definitely a game changer for all my farmers. And when I was listening to the man talk about it today, he actually said this tractor pays itself off two years faster than the regular tractors. I'm not getting that on my farm. I'm scared of them things. Electric? I'm, what if I don't charge it? But the, the tractor pays itself off two years earlier than the other, the regular tractor. That's a game changer, though. That's a game changer. That's a game changer. All right, let's go a little further. Damn, I said this wasn't going to be a three-hour clip. All right, let's go, man. What's happening, Trap? It's Q. I got a two-part question. I'm interested in becoming a trader, and I want to know what type of information or material that you might have that can help me in that regard. And secondly, as far as trading and buying and holding, what would be the best short-term wealth-building strategy and why? Appreciate you, bro. Um, I haven't dropped the options course yet. I haven't dropped the options course yet. Yet, um, but I will. I don't mind shouting people out, man. So there's people like Aristotle. He's really good at it. There's people like Terry, you know, those, um, Terry Egioma. They are really good. They day traders. I'm not a day trader. Even when I do drop the options courses about leap options. Um, so it would probably be your best bet if you're trying to day trade. Um, when it comes to short term, so short term, you know, trading is about making short term money that you funnel into your long term um, position. So for me, it's all about using my leap options to print money for me, but also using what's going on in the market to print money for me now while I feed my long term my long-term portfolios. I hope that answered the question for you, King. Let's go. Please, my question today is in reference to Starbucks. Um, so just wanted to get some clarity. Uh, last week you talked about during the flush it or flip it segment that um, Starbucks was a flush it. And so um, you also spoke to Starbucks being the bank that sells coffee. Um, so I do own some shares for my son. Um, and so... Not necessarily wanting to flush it, so let's talk about it. Um, I did look at their balance sheet. Um, I looked at their cash flow, so I definitely can see why you would say flush it. Um, but my thought is also, should I pivot now or um, hold out to just kind of see if they kind of get back um, more balance, um, kind of make some improvements, or do you recommend to go ahead and flush it now? Appreciate the response. Peace. Now, play it again. I, I, I missed the last part. 
Please, my question today is in reference to Starbucks. Um, so just wanted to get some clarity. Uh, last week you talked about during the flush it or flip it segment that um, Starbucks was a flush it. And so um, you also spoke to Starbucks being the bank that sells coffee. Um, so I do own some shares for my son. Um, and so not necessarily wanting to flush it. So let's talk about it. Um, I did look at their balance sheet. Um, I looked at their cash flow. So I definitely can see why you would say flush it. Um, but my thought is also, should I pivot now or um, hold out to just kind of see if they kind of get back um, more balance, um, kind of make some improvements? Or do you recommend to go ahead and flush it now? Appreciate the response. Peace. Um, so I, it's crazy because after we created Flush It Up Flip It, after we said Flush It Up Flip It, we flushed Starbucks last week and the thing went down like $6, $7. So I just think that in the short term, um, Starbucks wasn't a good play. Remember, it's not like long term. It was for short term situations uh, where they... They just had some things in play that I don't think that they had ready. And because they didn't have those things ready, I didn't think it was a good idea. That's why I flushed it. Um, long term, I think Starbucks has a great competitive advantage as far as it being a coffee company. But something about Starbucks, even though I own it, it's something about it. I just don't understand why they can't get it right. All you do is sell coffee. All you do is sell coffee. I don't understand why... The balance sheet is, is bad. I don't understand why you don't have better cash flow. I don't understand why. You know, I don't understand why. And I own it. It was something I bought a while, like a long time ago, and I've owned it for some time. I never got rid of it, but I just don't understand. I don't understand what it is that management is doing wrong. I don't understand what they're overplaying for. I don't understand the bad investments they're doing. Um, I just don't understand, especially now that you got all this money, you got the, the, the reward points make up half the revenue that the company does. I just don't understand why the company can't get it right. Um, I will not tell you to sell it, but I will. For me, I'm not really adding the more to it. It's not really doing that bad. Um, but I just don't know why. Um, I just don't understand it, right? I don't understand. Are you buying too much oat milk? I don't understand it. Or is it the eggs that you're putting in the in the feta bread? Um, I don't know. The brick and mortar, like the operational costs. I got to really look at it. I just don't understand what it is that, uh, I don't understand. You put, you ask me if I want lemonade or water when I get the refresher. I don't, you're not paying that much for the water because the water in the lemonade too. Are you paying too much for the sugar? Are you doing too much? Like, what the hell? So I, I don't understand, Queen. And they keep increasing the dividend. I don't know. I don't know. I got to, you can maybe go look into them a little bit more, but I don't know. Uh, but that's it, Queen. That's my question. So I'm not going to tell you get rid of it. Um, and um, Salam alaikum, Queen. Um, that's my answer to you. So let's go. Oh, we got, that was it? All right, cool. Let's go to, let's go to commercial right quick. Let's take a commercial right good, Trappers, man. It's your boy, the Wall Street Trapper. Right now, I want to invite you to an amazing experience full of value. That is my community, Trappers Anonymous. It's 100% 
the greatest fundamental investing community on the market. Listen, your portfolio should be a masterpiece. And the only way we get you there is if we help you learn how to invest with confidence. Now, listen, I get it. Like, you don't know a lot about stocks or maybe you've heard people say how much money they lost in stocks, but I can guarantee you, one, because they weren't in a community, and two, they lacked the information. Our goal in Travels Anonymous is to help you, really to hold your hand on the journey to becoming a confident investor, learning how to navigate through the different events that the stock market goes through to take you from panic to encouragement. There's no better time than now. This is an opportunity only for those who are willing to be on the journey. So listen, man, click the link below. Come join me in Travis Anonymous, man. I will see you in one of our many classes, whether it's Moat Monday, whether it's the two-hour class we do on Sunday, or whether it's just a book club. Everything is geared toward making you a better investor so you can triple your network and turn your last name to an asset. It's your boy, Wall Street Traveler. See you in the trap. Hey, man, listen. Travis Anonymous is an amazing community, man. We get busy up in there, man. So if you want to learn, and I always got to tell people what's the difference. So, and Travis Anonymous, so actually I got to, tomorrow, Wednesday, so I got to make up for Moat Monday, and I got to put Ticker Symbol Tuesday in there tomorrow. So I'm going to do that tomorrow morning. And Travis Anonymous is more about me putting companies in there, and then we break the companies down together. We talk about the companies. This Sunday, we just had an amazing conversation on what was going on in the game, um, in the market. Uh, we do that book club every Thursday. There's different things and components we do in Travis Anonymous. Definitely it was snack time. I ate them chips. Them chips was good. I got off a plane earlier, y'all. Right? But in the Patreon, it's not so much about me teaching. It's about, yo, here's the plays. You know what I'm saying? The Patreon is like, yo, here's the plays. Here's the stock prices. You know, if you're in a triple bean team or the thing, it's like, yo, here's the option play. Here's what I just did. It's not really me teaching. The Patreon is not me teaching. Travis Anonymous is me really like being there with you. So it's a different on, you know, what you want to be. Um, me and Jose waiting, but we about to combine them. We about to come up. We waiting for them to help us and we about to combine them together. I'm about to give y'all a heads up too, y'all. In about one year, we are introducing the Wall Street Looks Like Us Not Streaming service. Just getting y'all ready for that. One year, we are introducing the Wall Street Looks Like Us Not Streaming service, and I'm going to tell y'all why. Because I don't want nobody dictating the content that I put out. The goal is for us to become vertically integrated where YouTube, Instagram is not the distributor of our content. Probably charge $4.99, $4.99, between $4.99 and $7.99. But we're going to be shooting shows, shows, um, a lot of behind the scenes, a lot of stuff going to go there. And I definitely would appreciate, we're going to actually probably take some stuff off of we're going to find ways to integrate it over there. It's going to be like $4.99, between $4 and $7.99. Um, we're going to put it over there, man. And just to watch Street looks like us now app. Um, and it's, it's us streaming service. And it's, it's us. Uh, 
that issue with YouTube last week let us realize that. You know what I'm saying? It helped us realize that, yo, we got to go to the next level. We got to go to another level. So I told my team, yo, we are, uh, you know, we need to create our own streaming service and then we'll use our own streaming service to, um, to distribute our own content through YouTube and through Instagram like that. So we researching it now. And, uh, you know, that's the goal. So I'm just letting y'all know. And, you know, we appreciate the support on that. You know, of course, we're going to always over-deliver for that. Um, but that's the goal, y'all. All right, so this segment right here is called Breaking Down a Brick. Y'all already know, man. So this segment right here, we like to give y'all companies, break the companies down for y'all. And if you're in a triple beam team, master the triple beam of the lottery pick of the Patreon group, you will get the price tomorrow. Let's go. All right, man, so this week we're breaking down Oracle, man. Uh, Computer Technology Corporation engages in the provision of products and services that address all aspects of corporate information technology environments. Let's go, family. All right, man, so as we look at Oracle, man, just right now, year-to-date, the company is up 14%. Year-to-date, the stock is up 14%. Uh, Hardware, services, and cloud and license infrastructure is what they do. Let's go a little further. All right. Uh, the operating revenue by geograph, uh, geographic region is United States makes up 47%. Canada makes up 3.2%. Germany makes up 3 point... Germany makes up... Man, that's odd. It kind of confused me just now. 3.2% as well, okay? Uh, Japan makes up 4.4%. Uh, United Kingdom makes up 5.5%. And other countries make up 35%. Uh, they make most of their money from cloud and licensing, um, which is $36.1 billion. They make $3.2 billion from hardware, and they make seven, they make $3.2 billion from services. So this is how their money is operated through their services and geographically. Let's go a little further. Uh, the cash flow has increased by 13% year over year over the last seven years. The earnings per share have increased 1% year over the year over the last seven years. Let's go a little further. Uh, net income, average increase of five years, a 5% year over year, and the revenue has increased by 2% um, year over year over the last seven years. Let's go a little further. Here's something that's real strong. Uh, their price to earnings compared to their peers is good. Price to earnings compared to the industry is good. Price to earnings compared to the fair ratio is good. Uh, below fair value is good. Significantly for no fair value is good, but their analyst forecast isn't the best. Um, their PE ratio compared to their peers is pretty pretty good. Uh, six out of three out of six to have good earnings. The profit margins aren't growing. Accelerated growth is good, but the earnings compared to the industry is bad, and the return on equity is not the best. It's averaging 7.8% at its best. Uh, let's go a little further. Um, if you're in a triple beam team, we will 100% break. Uh, if you're in a lottery pick or anything, we will surely break down for you um, that stock price tomorrow. Um, let's go. Uh, this is our certified trap of the week, man. This is amazing. Uh, this guy's good, man. Uh, started jittery service. Uh, Simon Berry. Simon Berry. Uh, started uh, 
jitney service that catered to Greenwood's black community, which was borrowed from using other taxi services. He was also he also owned a hotel and started a bus service. And as an experienced aviator, founded his own airline charter. After the 1921 massacre, Barry built a part built a park on 13 acres in the Greenwood district that included a swimming pool, dance hall, and picnic ground. With the money he was uh, earning, he also built a mechanic garage and training black mechanics. 32 of his mechanics became his first bus drivers, furthering his goal to become a better service to serve black black men and women who worked downtown. During the 1921 massacre, uh, his car service was credited with helping families escape that would pick up passengers and take them to a place to go back and forth to meet people. He was honored with a black a plaque um, and award his memory at the Wall Street Memorial. Um, we want to congratulate him for being one of the first black men to have a, fuss, a bus service and an aviator. Here's one of the things I noticed, too. Um, I was watching, this is why this one came up to me, and it was great because I was watching a Black Wall Street documentary. And shout out to the people that follow me on Instagram because we was up at 3 o'clock in the morning watching this documentary, yo, on Black Wall Street. We was, like, amazed by it, right? Um, And it put me on this other show, man, that I can't really watch. Um, It's this show, whatever it was, it was about Black Wall Street. They used a part of it. But your boy, what's your boy named Jonathan Mayers? Majors, he played in it. And uh, man, I just know they was trying to get to the, they was driving a car, him a girl and another black dude. They was trying to drive and the sheriff was trying to wreck their car. It was real good. But what happened was, watch this. In, Tulsa, in, in Oklahoma period, they only had two airports during this time. 21 private airlines, airplanes were owned by black people. That's crazy. In 1921, bro, during that era, they only had two airports in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 21 airplanes were owned by private charters were owned by black people. Let that sit in for a second. That's it, Lovecraft Country. That was good. But just I just want us to understand that how dope we are and we don't got to settle. All right, let's go a little further. Let's go to, hey, the people love this. The people love this. This is flesh it or flip it. I didn't say it right? What I said? This is flush it or flip it. Man, get out of my face, Jose. Flush it or flip it, y'all. Flush it or flip it. Y'all like this segment. Y'all like this segment. This is the segment y'all like. This is the segment y'all like. All right. First company is Affirm. I think over the long term, this company has what it takes. I think eventually it'll get bought out, but its, it's customers are Amazon, Shopify, 
and something else. I think the buy now, pay later actually has room to grow. I don't think it gets to pandemic levels, but I think buy now, pay later has room to grow, and I like Affirm. The stock is actually up 28% year to date. I think it's up, it's up 28% year-to-date. I don't think it is. I think it's a growth company. I'm not saying I'm going to buy it, but I just see growth in it. Um, I think the buy now, pay later is an amazing. I think it is a... I don't think it will get to 300 where it was at during the pandemic. Uh, I do think Apple will... Uh, I think Apple will take a lot of that. But between Affirm and Klarna, I think they'll have, again, a stock up 28%. It's, it's not, what we got to realize and how I look at it is FinTech got whooped last year. So it did get, it take a beating, but it was, it was hype. Now it's at levels where it can grow. The stock is up 28% year to date. I think, I think, I think it can win. I may be wrong. I'm not saying I'm right, but I think it can win. I think it can win, so I'm going to flip it. All right. Uh, the difference with that, too, is with that is they're going to be more stren- strenuous on how they give money out. They're, they're not, they're going to have more uh, stuff in place because everybody can't get money right now. So they're going to, they this is about my words, up 28%. Tell me what it looked like at the end of the year. If I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong. Beyond Meat, man. Company don't know what it want to do. Company not profitable. Spreading itself too thin. CEO trying to come up with too many products. He said, we're going to get back to our basics and making hamburgers and sausage. Two weeks later, he done partnered with another company to come out with another product. I think it's a great product. It's not the healthiest product, but I think he had the right intention. But what happened was he spread himself too thin. He don't have the money. I'm a flush beyond me. Robin Hood. The flush that stock too. And Sonogo. I don't like Robin Hood at all. I don't think that all the payment for all the flow is not good for them. Not good. Wendy's, I'm going to actually... Here's why. The breakfast menu for Wendy's has actually accelerated the profits for the company. They took over for Burger King, being a number two business in fast food company in the burger thing. They beat when they beat Burger King, became number two to McDonald's. The breakfast menu and the innovation for what they're doing for downsizing the menu. Man, listen. Not mad at Wendy's, man. Krispy Kreme, the red light is amazing, but they ain't making no money. They ain't making no money. It's Wendy's, he ain't making no money. Disney. Bob is back. He's doing a lot of readjusting. 
But Disney still hasn't found a play for him. Meaning he is a temporary fix to a long-term problem. And I just think Disney is confused right now. I'm a flush Disney too. I'm a flush Disney too. Yeti. So in case you don't know what Yeti is, so Yeti is a company that makes coolers and ice chests and things like that. And because I was an iron worker, I knew that a lot of people, that was our thing. Like, yo, you got a Yeti? You got a Yeti cooler? Hunters? Everybody use it. I don't think Yeti is going to go crazy, but I think they have a niche audience. I think the people who rock with Yeti rock with Yeti, and it is a staple in that industry. I think we're going to flip Yeti. This is a great episode, another segment of Flush It. Uh, Flush it. <laughs> I think we need to call it Flick. Flip it or flush it, because flush it or flip it is giving me the blues. Right? This is another segment of flush it or flip it. Uh, tell me how y'all like it in the comments, in the chat. Tell me if you like it. Tell me you want to bring it back next week. Tell me how y'all feel about it, man. Flush it or flip it. Let's go, man. All right, man, we're almost over, man. All right, so this week's well track is... Bought to you by none other than my homie, Currency, man. Been around for a long time. Uh, you know from squad up days, you know, you've been around for a while. Let's get into it. So, Currency says something simple. Invest that money smart and make it last. Done deal. End quote. Sometimes you don't got to be a lot. Invest the money smart, make it last. And... I'm going to tell you, he's the epitome of that. Currency invests his money in a lot of businesses. Currency invests his money in a lot of investments. You know, he has his, 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 his body of work. He has his people who rock with him. And, yo, he's long-lasting. So shout out to the homie. And that's a sign for all of us, man. Invest our money. Invest our money smart. Make it last. Because at some point, you won't be able to physically produce the money that you were able to produce. So the goal then is to let the investments produce the money that you were able to produce. Shout out for, to Spitter for hitting us with this. Shout out to the family for the home team. The well track. All right, man. This is, damn, bro. I said this was not going to be a three-hour show, bro. But here we are, three hours in. There's two ways to handle confrontation. Avoidance or boldness. Avoidance is because that place reminds you of a reality or a time when you felt you weren't equipped enough. Either our parents, our environment, or our lack of tools or we just didn't want to face failure. Feel the loss, 
face the emotional strife. So we avoided it. Anytime that we feel that we aren't adequate, we avoid. Anytime we feel that we aren't equipped enough, we avoid. But avoidance leaves us empty. Unfulfilled and internally insufficient. But avoiding the confrontations robs us of the strength that is needed to go to the next level. If we never look at our finances, if we never look at our bad spending habits, if we never address the issues that cause the symptoms, how can we truly heal from the trauma? Now, being able to say, I want to stand in the fire, that takes a certain level of boldness. Being able to look at your flaws, look at your wrongdoings, look at your mistakes face to face without flinching, that takes a certain level of boldness. But my question is, how many of us are being robbed of our prosperity like Esau? <laughs> Notice the Bible rarely talks about Esau, but the one time when Jacob talked him out of his birthright. But instead of Esau standing in the fact that he was manipulated and taken fast, he spent the rest of his life trying to hunt his brother Jacob down, saying that Jacob was wrong. Did Jacob manipulate him? Probably. Was Jacob wrong? Probably. But what part did Esau have to play in it? His greed for not being able to delay the gratification made him sell his soup, his oatmeal, his porridge in the moment for his birthright. My question, what are you selling your birthright for? Hmm. What are you selling your birthright for? And are you bold enough to go get it back? And in order to get it back, it doesn't mean chasing Jacob down. It's saying, how do I look at myself and say, what insufficient see that I have to put me in position to sell it in the first place. It's easy to blame Jacob. It's easy to blame his mama. It's easy to blame the scammer 
Watch this. Watch this. Not in all cases, but in most cases, people get scammed because they try to make money fast. Before somebody scams you, in your heart, you feel like that's not the right decision to make. In your heart of heart, you feel it. You feel it. If you ever ask yourself, is this a scam? Then that's a gut, that's your gut telling you not to do it. But what happens is, what happens is, your greed supersedes your ability to make the proper decision. You know why scammers gonna always have a job? It's because people gonna always wanna get money without doing the work. People always gonna wanna finish fast with the shortcut. The minute we can confront that, it's the minute we can put ourselves in position to win long term. I'm going to keep it real. In my business, I've never looked for the shortcut. The only thing I ever looked for was somebody who had already experienced or achieved what I'm after and I was willing to learn from them. But I never looked for the quickest way to get there. You got to be willing to confront the poverty that prisons you. We got to be willing to do that. Now, confrontation is bold. It's exhilarating. You feel all the emotions. You endure all the mental, emotional scars. You relive the experience but you come out resilient. You come out renewed. Most importantly, you come out restored. New fundamentals are now apparent. And confronting the poverty confronts the financial trauma, confronts the pain that makes you the new trailblazer. I want to use this metaphor Harriet Tubman was able to lead us out and go to the north. The fears, the darkness, the walking through the swamps, the dogs chasing her, the white men chasing her, her own kind of people chasing her, the jumping off the bridge, the getting on a train, the burying herself in the dirt, all of that was exhilarating, but watch this. It gave her a sense of confidence that had her say, I can do it again. I can go back. Because battle wounds, battle wounds mean, they mean you made it. Battle wounds give you Confidence. 
And it's going to take confidence to overcome your old behaviors. It's going to take confidence to overcome your old mindset. It's going to take confidence to overcome everything that tells you you can't when your thoughts don't marry your actions. I want to be wealthy, trap. I want to build wealth, trap. But I spend every dollar I get. I can't make the investment. So do you truly want to be wealthy? What happens when what you say you want doesn't conform you? So I have a saying. If you don't want you got to want what you say you want or you got to change what you say you want. It's simple. If you ain't willing to change for what you say you want, then you don't really want it. If you ain't willing to sacrifice for what you say you want, then you don't really want it. If you ain't willing to endure for what you say you want, then you don't really want it. And then if that's the case, then you got to renegotiate the contract with yourself, not with trap. Not with your group chat, but with yourself. This week's episode was about confronting the poverty. So all this week, what I want you to do is I want you to write down every time you're about to make a decision that does not coincide with what you say you want. I want you to write it down and I want you to be truthful to yourself. I want you to write it down. If you say you're going to work out every day of the week and then you find a reason not to work out, I want you to write that down. I didn't work out this week because I was tired. I didn't work out this week because my muscles were hurting. I didn't work out this week because I stayed up late at night. What happens is what you said you wanted and what you did didn't marry each other. They ain't married. We got to have a harsh conversation with ourselves. We got to have a real conversation with ourselves because if we don't, then we setting ourselves up for failure. We not in a position right now to keep lying to ourselves, y'all. We're not in that position. We done been entertained too long. We done been lied to too long. It's time for us to have truthful conversations and it's time for us to be educated. Education leads to expansion. Say it again. Education leads to expansion. Expansion increases the capacity. Increasing the capacity introduces us to new territory. There's territory with our name on it. There's things out here that only I can accomplish. There's things out here that only George can accomplish. There's things out here that only you can accomplish. And the reason why you won't accomplish them is because you haven't increased your capacity. And you haven't increased your capacity because you don't want to confront the poverty. And until we do that, we can be professional note takers. We can come to Trapping Tools every week. We can laugh, we can get game, but if we never take action, then we'll never see progress. My goal 
is to help us build confidence in our investments, to help us create legacy, so that you're the last person that got to get it out the mud and that everybody behind you can get it out the market. You are the pioneer. You are the Harriet Tubman. You are the first generational millionaire. You are the first person that's going to have the successful business. You are the person that's going to have the successful portfolio. You, you, you. But if you don't confront the poverty, you don't turn your last name into the asset. And what if I told you, you are the person that is holding your bloodline hostage? You are the person because you are equipped, but you don't want to release it. And because you're scared to release it, your people, your bloodline, your family, and your friends will all stay anchored to poverty. You will only get so far. Somebody has to break the resistance. Everybody keep bouncing back to support levels. Somebody got to break the resistance. And I hope that somebody is you. Shabota Wall Street Trapper, man. Welcome to Trapping Tuesdays. I hope you had an amazing time with us this week. I hope you elevated. I hope you got smarter. I hope you got wiser, and I hope you have more confidence today than you had before. Make sure you download every episode of Trapping Tools on all podcast platforms. Make sure you like this link and share this link with as many people as possible. Believe it or not, man, that truly helps the show grow. Come back and watch it. Jose drops a segment every day. And this segment, this episode 42, will drop Thursday at 5 o'clock on all podcast platforms. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Y'all have a good night. <laughs>